Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Good morning and welcome to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast Breakfast Edition. David Matt and Alan with you on this fine Thursday morning to talk about all that has been going on in Scottish rugby over the last seven days. We were due to be with you a couple of days ago, but due to the heroics of one member of the pod, we had to uh, postpone Alan rescuing some abandoned cats and returning them to their owners. You know, is this a new sort of thing you're doing? Yeah, there was, a, there was a cat, looked a little bit lost, found out via a local WhatsApp thread that the cat was actually, had, had been lost for a few days. So I sort of lured it into my house, like quite like a creepy sort of um, <laughs> sex cat man, um, captured it and took it to the animal hospital where it has now been reunited with its owner and everyone's happy. That's a lovely. That's a lovely thing to do on a Tuesday evening. You're a, a, a kind soul at heart, aren't you? Um, maybe just like a bit of a weird, weird like cat guy. But yeah, that, that way, the way you described it is probably a bit better. So, that's yeah. probably a little bit. I'll put a positive spin on that. Matt, Matt, have you been doing any good deeds this week? Nothing nearly as interesting. But good yeah, deeds, but sort of just like low level good deeds that aren't worthy of note. Yeah, exactly. That's more of my vibe. That's more of your vibe, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining us again, guys. Um, a quick reminder of where you can find us. That's on Twitter at ThistleRugbyPod, on Instagram, ThistleRugbyPod. Um, send us an email at ThistleRugby at gmail.com and on our newsletter, Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, um, which um, gets us in your inbox every single week. Well, I say every single week. I mean sort of every couple of weeks um, with our usual sort of ramblings on Scottish rugby. 
Um, earlier this week, put out another episode, so it is a two-episode week. Um, Alan, great little chat with um, Scott Hastings as part of our Lions series. What what a great guy. Yeah, he was. He was, he was very nice and uh, you know, great of him to sort of put some time aside. And I think, to be honest, the sort of first Lions series that I was kind of aware of as growing up was 97. So yeah. it was actually kind of interesting to kind of get a bit of a better understanding of kind of 1989, 1993, which aren't that long ago, but are just yeah. probably the two tours that I actually don't have a real great understanding of outside of the results. Yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting. I love harking back to the days when like they would celebrate the win. Jerry Guskett would be sitting in the um, sitting in the changing rooms, like smoking a tab um, and just like living the dream. Gus Scott looks cool as fuck in that photo. To be fair. He does look cool as fuck. <laughs> so did Gusket do three tours then? Uh, yeah. Um, 89, 93, 97. Yeah, because I think he was sort of, hell. must be sort of 22, 23 in that New Zealand, in the New Australia, Australia tour. And then, yeah, went through to South Africa. Because I guess in our life, obviously he's hugely associated with 97 and kind of associated with being quite like a grumpy and annoying pundit. Yes, I, I hadn't quite associated them with the, you know, at least like 89 as well. Incredible. But on the lines, we have um, plenty more stuff coming up. We've got a number of other interviews, secured another whale last night, actually. So we're just going to be getting those out, dripping them over the summer as the tour gets kicked off. Um, and while we're at it, you should get yourself and get yourself in the mood for the uh, Lions series by getting yourself a copy of This Is Your Everest. It is the inside story of the 1997 tour. Um, by Peter Burns and Tom English, told by the people who were on the tour. It's written in a really, really compelling way, sort of um, quote unquote, by um, the sort of the, the members of the tour, the coaching party, and it really gives a fantastic insight. That's this is your Everest. Get it on Polaris Publishing. Um, I think in all good bookstores. I saw it was on Amazon. I haven't actually seen it in a Watsons or anything like that. But head on to the Polaris Publishing website or get the link in our um, social media or in the show notes to this pod. And I get it. It's an absolute banger. Right. At the administrative side of the pod is over. Why don't we get into some good fun? And another Thistle campaign has reaped um, the benefits. Rory Hutchison has been finally added to Scotland's summer touring squad after a lot of snarky tweets from us. Mike Blair has relented. Um, Matt, are you happy to see him called up? Yes, yeah, it's, it's really good news. He's. It seems if he's been playing really well for Northampton recently. And I think whenever he is being given a shot for Scotland, he's done a pretty good job. I can maybe understand during a, a Six Nations campaign with when Cam Redpath was fit, when you had Sam Johnson in the mix, Chris Harris, may, maybe why he wasn't getting in the squad. Um, and I think that um, you're judging by some of the, the feedback we've had on Twitter, at, at Northampton at least, his defence has been called into question. So... I could maybe understand it, but for him not to be picked for that development tour when people like Tui Palutu are, have been airdropped in seemed a bit strange. So it's it's great news to have him in, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting at 13 in, in a couple of those games. He's also, I guess, scored three tries in two games, one of them where he sort of like chipped a pass Stuart Hogg to score, and the other one where he sort of stepped and sort of slightly... Burns cocking a singer on the weekend, which yeah. quite banging sort of highlights um, to sort of put out once you've not been picked by a team. Oh yeah, like his form since he wasn't chosen has been absolutely uh, has been absolutely awesome. And yeah, great to see him. We're huge fans of the Hutch. 
on the pod. So good to see him. He actually comes in at the expense of Matt Ferguson, who um, I think broke his wrist um, in the last game of the season for Glasgow. He's had an operation on that. So he is out for the next three months or so. Fast recovery, Matt. Um, Sam Skinner, red carded for Exeter at the weekend in their big game against Sale, has also now pulled out of, uh, pulled out, has been, uh, removed from the Scotland squad for the summer because he's expected to serve a ban that would take him out of it. Um, Alan, do you think Sam Skinner is quite a big loss to this side? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's, you know, one of the issues for Sam Skinner is he just hasn't had, again, that sort of steady run of games for Scotland. And I think it would have been nice again to sort of see him just even get sort of two games starting for Scotland, taking up more of a sort of leadership role within that team. And I think when it comes to the Scotland team, though, more generally, I think going into the Romania and Georgia games, they'll probably be okay. You've obviously got Scott Cummings, who's clearly like very experienced. And then you've got people like Cameron Henderson and Jamie Hodgson, Kieran McDonald, Alex Craig, who, whilst obviously potentially not at the level of Sam Skinner, I think ultimately in that role with Cummings can probably do a pretty a pretty good job so more sad for sad for sam skinner but ultimately i don't think it's going to be too much of an issue for scott for scotland yeah we are pretty stacked in the second room matt do you have anything to add on um on skins well yeah i said i suppose maybe just going back to fagerson actually that if you look at that scotland squad now the the only other number eight really is magnus bradbury who hasn't been playing at number eight for edinburgh for the best part of a year. I'm trying to think who else you could put in as a makeshift eight, and you're just looking at the other. Bayless? I'm trying to think. No. Like, Bayless? Like, he's not been playing eight for, for Bath? Like, Rory Darge, maybe? Um, it's, it's funny, actually, now when I just sort of spoke about Sam Skinner, obviously I focus almost exclusively on second row, and actually, when you look at where the, the dearth is now in that, in that team, it's very much that, that back row. Yeah. Um, it should be interesting to see how they cover it because you're right in the sense that you've got essentially Bayliss, Bradbury, Crosby, Darge, and Ritchie. Mm. And potentially a little bit of a lack of size across those those five, which ultimately the one thing Skinner does give you is just like pure heft. The, the, the other news I'd seen yesterday, I think, was Dave Cherry is out of the tour and has been replaced by incoming to Edinburgh Adam McBurney is joining from, from Ulster. Um, and I actually, I walked past Dave Cherry in town yesterday and I thought, I think I could take him down. He's not as big as I thought he'd be. <laughs> you, you came at me when I said I could take down, was it George Horn? Yeah, but obviously you couldn't. You are a joke. I mean, I'm, my, my rig's a bit, a bit of a joke, but I still think I could take down George Horn if you could take down Dave Cherry. I feel like I think there's a higher chance if, if Alan got hold of George Horn. I think like the difficulty is if Alan, if you got hold of George Horn, I think with your heft, shall we say, you could apply enough pressure to put him down. I think yeah, two meter channel, I'm all over it. Yeah, <laughs> sitting on him. I'd actually love. I'd love to see Dave Cherry running full tails at you, Matt. In a two meter channel, he'd absolutely <laughs> murder you. What if we can arrange this somehow, like a charity event? <laughs> yeah. I mean, McBurney, I'd kind of forgotten that he was joining up with Edinburgh. I mean, this is, there's, there's quite a lot of people making astonishingly rapid rises to the Scotland squad this summer. 
I mean, again, we sort of talk about it, but ultimately, once you sort of take eight players out of the Lions and they've sort of rested like seven or eight players, especially somewhere like Hooker, where you've now got two people that are out, are going to be rested and Dave Cherry, who's injured, the pool is very shallow. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. ultimately, if, if, if you're a Hooker in Scotland and you're not getting picked, you should probably be quite sour. <laughs> There's just hardly any others. There's that like Patrick Harrison guy, but he's only 18. I thought Jake Kerr might have been worthy of a pick. Yeah. Once again, he's not really played that much rugby. Although Adam McBurney is like third or fourth choice for Ulster. Yeah. Mate, Daryl Marfo was fourth choice for Harlequins. These kings can be found. He's been, he's been officially um, released by Leicester. Really uh, sad times. Marfa's. Oh yeah. God! So, so well, he played. I don't know how he got on when he played for Nottingham the other week. Assuming very well, um, and Jake Kerr has not been taken on by um, by Bristol. I know he's on a short term deal. Mm. Um, I don't know if he's popped up anywhere yet, but it looks like he's not got a club at the moment, which is a little bit of a shame. Um, so that's the the changes to the um, Scotland squad. So we'll keep an eye on that um, as it comes. Um, Edinburgh announced this week. Um, their official list of leavers at the end of the season. We went through all the Glasgow ones last week, um, but the Edinburgh have confirmed that. Murray McCallum, Aroni Sow, Jamie Farndale, Andreas Ferreira, Duhan, Mike Villenser, Simon Bergen, Ali Miller, Dan Nutton, and Andrew Davidson were all leaving, as well as people who already had left. Nick Groom, Roy Darge, Corey Winters, Fraser McKenzie, and Matt Gordon have also all left the club. So with the exception of, of course, Duhan van der Merwe going down to Worcester, losing a Lions um, winger and a major source of points for the team. Is there anyone else in that list, Matt, that you think is a really big loss for Edinburgh going into next season's campaign? Well, I think that you probably wouldn't have said this at the start of the season, but Aroni Sauer has probably been one of Edinburgh's better, if not best players this season. Um, and I think it was confirmed yesterday that he's going to Provence, who are in Pro D2. And g- given how good he has been for Edinburgh, and I, I don't think he would necessarily be the most expensive guy to keep on. I'm, I'm pretty surprised they haven't kept him, particularly if you're, leave, if you're losing Duhan as well. I, I suppose that's putting quite, they're putting quite a lot of faith in someone like Jack Blaine, but at the moment at least, Sao is on a different level to someone like him. So... I'm I'm pretty surprised that they've they've let him go. The, the other guys, I can, I mean, losing both Bergen and McCallum is is potentially, you know, bad yeah. bad considering they both play the same side of the scrum. But the, the others, I can sort of get. I'm I'm okay with. I think. I think I guess the the one was Andrew Davidson, who, I guess the when it comes to sort of the second rows for. Edinburgh, clearly sort of Ben Toulis and Grant Gilchrist have been sort of number one for a while and there's part of me that potentially feels like there needs to be a little bit of a, a transition in that Grant Gilchrist and Ben Toulis have probably lost a bit of their bit of their edge over the last sort of twelve to eighteen months. And I just wonder whether Andrew Davidson is someone who could have been I know there's sort of that pool underneath Grant Gilchrist and Ben yeah. Toulis who need to sort of step up, including um, I think Carl Michael's still in the squad, but obviously Marshall Sykes, Jamie Hodgson, etc. But I wonder whether Andrew Davison was someone that could have been that player that sort of stepped up to sort of take that role within that Edinburgh pack. I, I've always liked him. It, it, it does seem as if Marshall Sykes is, is sort of the 
the the incoming man and and he's the one that is probably more more highly regarded he's a big man he's just like really thick like <laughs> yeah just thick <laughs> just, just a, like a, a thick guy t h i c c yeah 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 exactly <laughs> thick <laughs> he, he's got you know what i mean he's he's it's like got, got that sort of cow milk share kind of dense nature about him like a real wide sort of neck just like big yeah. features if you know what i mean um you need that weight sometimes. You need that thickness. Is that what you tell yourself? That's why I am thick. <laughs> Ashley demands it of me. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I think the big possibly when it was first announced, you know, Rory Darge going across to Glasgow, you were thinking, okay, that's a good opportunity for him. I think probably Edinburgh and everyone at the SRU are probably pretty surprised at just how well Rory Darge has gone at Glasgow. Um so I suppose it's overall it's good for good for Scottish rugby, but and I suppose um, but is it a bit of a loss to Edinburgh? I suppose knowing the heights he could hit given that opportunity. Yeah, I, I do get that. I, I almost feel that if Connor Boyle were to get the same opportunities, I think he's almost yeah. as good, if not a better player potentially. And then you look at the rest of the depth that they've got in the back row, and people like Kuna Vula this season have actually come onto a really good game. So. I kind of just think it, it it's, makes sense for Scottish rugby as a whole. Yeah, to shuffle, shuffle the pieces. Um, Corey Winters leaving back to New Zealand without any caps. He was one of those people that's on Grant McKelvey's um, scouting Vimeo. Um, so, but never quite, never quite got there. Um, interesting. One of those sort of guys that came across in a bit of a spate of young people that nobody had ever really heard of and didn't know they were Scottish. But... Um, off he goes. So those are all the Edinburgh levers, um, and I've lost my agenda. And that's ah. Speaking of levers, well, leaving the um, top fourteen, Bayonne relegated in a penalty kickoff. Is it a penalty kickoff or a shootout? Don't know what it's called in rugby, but anyway, um, Stefan Armitage of Biarritz um, relegating Bayonne. Still no official word as to what is going on with Hugh Jones. Lots of rumours flying around that he's there is a relegation clause within his contract. Let's play that out to its logical conclusion. There's a relegation clause at Bayonne. Matt, where is Hugh Jones going to end up playing rugby next year? Because there's probably not that many clubs out there with budget for a player like him this um, late in the summer. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know. I, just suddenly for a minute, minute there, Japan popped into my head um, as a place that would be able to afford his wage, um, which once again, we talked about whether he's selling himself short. And I think he would be if he went to Japan, but with budgets pretty much settled for next season, unless someone can get him on the cheap, then that, that would seem like a pretty likely destination, I suppose. I'll tell you where there's some... Um... Salary cap just opened up. Ulster. <laughs> Petrie is back. He's going to be all over that, mate. The, Na- the Nakawara money on Hugh Jones. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I think who? It's quite. It's quite a different move. South of France to Belfast. Money talks. All right. When, yeah. When Petrie wants his man, he gets them. All right. <laughs> Yeah, Petrie's actually, he's been sabotaging Bayonne all season. It's part of the long game. 3D chess that he plays just to get SRU people. 
But I reckon, as you can do generally, though, if you play that out, let's stick in this fantasy for a, a bit. Would he be good at Ulster? Don't see why not. Uh, part of me thinks he isn't necessarily your archetypal Ulster player because um, maybe he is seen as a little bit flashy and I, I don't think they've got many players like that in the squad. But he is still a really high-quality player and I think that in flashes for Glasgow and Scotland in the last couple of years, he's he's showing that. So there's, yes. enough, there's enough exciting guys in that Ulster backline, I think. The sort of classical centre sort of your um, Luke Marshall sort of Stuart McCluskey who's a little bit more of a sort of big hard running centre which potentially would work perfectly with with a player like Hugh Jones heard it here first you did hear it here first but I mean I think do we all agree that him dropping down to pro D-Dur would be a bit of wasted talent mm. yeah definitely so be- I, mean, I mean I don't think the pro D-Dur is that much lower than a lot of the pro 14 games to be fair um, oh, oh. oh, punchy, and we will come punchy. on to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I think I it's, actually probably agree. But. It's hard to argue, especially and, and not not thinking about next season, thinking more about this season in terms of the original sort of pro whatever it was and uh, the Rainbow Cup. But when you've sort of got a lot of games happening on international weekends, and then. I appreciate Treviso seem to become sort of the best team in the Northern Hemisphere in the last few weeks. But generally, when you've got people like Treviso, Zebra, um, and, and Dragons and Edinburgh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are a lot of teams, if they were in the top 14 and played the same level that they have this year, they would be pretty certain they're getting sort of relegated or at least be in the playoff um, mm. last weekend. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You make a compelling point, and perhaps that is why the Pro 14 have felt compelled to relaunch and rebrand the tournament for um, next season. Obviously, this is the biggest news of the last week. The United Rugby Championship has been launched. Um, as much discussed, four South African teams, the Sharks, the Bulls, the Lions, and the Stormers bro- joining the existing Pro 14 into an 18-team league, um, which is it's going to, everyone is going to contribute to that league. There's going to be one sort of um, setup, but there is going to be a split um, by region. So the Scottish teams um, are teaming up with the two Italian teams to form a Scottish-Irish 
uh, sorry, a Scottish Italian league who they will play uh, both home and away. Um, and then they will play either home or away against each of the remaining teams. I think I've got that correct. Um, and the, t- the other groups also get um, geographically split. It allows those amazing derby matches that we haven't seen enough of over the other years to exist. And it also allows them to slightly game the system in terms of European Champions Cup representation because the top players, the top teams in those pool are the ones that will go on to the, the, the Champions Cup. Um, Alan, um, how are you feeling about the United Rugby Championship? Yeah, it's, I guess it's, it was interesting to see that I think generally there's been quite a sort of a positive reaction to both kind of the the name change and the um, and the sort of format itself. I think just quickly on the sort of name change, I, I did see that they sort of said that they they um, tested about what 140 names with focus groups, etc. And the United Rugby Championship was the one that uh, that came out on top. That was by far, well, actually, it wasn't my favorite thing that came out of the, the, the marketing guff, but 140. <laughs> one hun- you have to really go quite hard to make up 140 names for a rugby tournament. No, 100%. I'd love to see the long list. It'd be great. What, what, like, so if United Rugby Championship finished first, what is 140? <laughs> They should just release like the 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 full list one to one hundred forty. I mean, it's uh, they did they did sort of name check pro sixteen and pro rugby championship, and I think I probably yeah. prefer pro rugby championship. Um, I think this is just the natural. Um, this is the natural progression from Edinburgh trying to unite the city after the success. <laughs> They've now united the rugby championships. But I I do wonder sometimes whether I probably. United Rugby Championship potentially is more marketable to someone who isn't like ourselves and is a bit more of like a casual fan. I don't know. Um, it's not an area that I'm they, no, I, not much about. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. They said that they, they admitted that using numbers in the title hasn't worked because it's just, it's changed so much, right? Yeah. Which I think, it, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I, I wonder whether that kind of, cynically whether that just keeps it open for maybe those other South African teams that aren't in it anymore to be added back in and you don't have to change the name of the tournament yeah there was a there was a great sort of FAQ section on the um, which is still the pro14.rugby website they haven't changed the name of the website yet but the uh, the first question on the United Rugby Championship FAQs is just what is happening? <laughs> Which I thought was um, was particularly sort of funny way to sort of open it up. And they also sort of talked a little bit about the, the South African teams. And to be fair, they're like, look, the Kings are literally dissolved. So, you know, they, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't be in the new tournament. And um, and then obviously the Cheetahs have been, have been a little bit sandbagged. But I don't know, I guess in terms of format, I guess once it's inevitable that the South African teams are going to join, there's part of me that sees it as sort of the best, the best format you could have reached in terms of if you want to make sure that there's not games on international weekends. I still, I still think it means that players won't be available for some games just because in terms of like training camps, etc. But ultimately, there's no games on international weekends. You try and push sort of derbies. I do think that given kind of the pieces they had, it's probably the best format they could have put together. 
My my concern yeah. is that ultimately this is essentially the same format that Super Rugby had from 2018 to 2020, where they had basically the South African, the New Zealand, and Australian conferences. At the, and then at the same time, they had the kind of full league, and yeah. the winners of the three conferences were guaranteed to get into the top eight, and then the next five teams went in, which is basically what we're doing here, but just with four four conferences. And I guess ultimately in that scenario, and I think retrospectively everyone kind of has been quite negative on that format and felt that it was a format that fans couldn't really engage with and it, for the casual fan it was quite hard to understand, etc. So that's my my concern in terms of right, it, it good that we sort of got this format together, but I'm I'm worried that it's it's still not gonna engage more broadly than basically the hardcore sort of Edinburgh and Glasgow fan. Do you see, I was going to say, do you see the, the Irish teams were getting a bit sour? About the um, European qualification process? Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, ultimately, I guess they've kind of always had it, but a little bit. But I guess if I'm Ulster and I'm sort of sitting there um, and I know I've got to play Leinster, Munster and Connacht twice and Glasgow have to play Edinburgh, Benetton and Zebra twice. And not only that, I could actually get more points than Edinburgh, sorry, Edinburgh, Glasgow, but they could still top yeah, the group yeah. and go yeah. ahead in Champions Cup. I'd be like, this is pretty shan, lads. <laughs> like yeah. My group is clearly way more savage and my, my, their average level of game is going to be significantly more difficult. Um, yeah, I, guess, I think that sort of, I, I get the point where they're saying, you know, it's one league structure, but ultimately there, it's not a meritocracy in that sort of straight way, isn't it? And you've got to imagine that the SRU were pushing pretty hard to make sure that they, you know, there was some sort of thing that meant that they were in a good position to have Europe top tier European rugby every, every uh, season. Yeah. And I guess historically you've had it that at least one Scottish or Italian team should make the, the champions cup of this yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. And obviously that's now been reduced. So there is obviously a chance that no Scotland team makes the champions cup. Um, but at the same time, I, I can I can appreciate where someone like an Ulster might come from, where clearly their ability to get the Champions Cup is a lot more difficult than a Glasgow. Yeah. You gotta think seeing as Edinburgh and Glasgow, you've got getting getting two fixtures against both Italian teams. That's that's potentially twenty points um on offer there for you. hundred percent. Even and I, I don't believe the resurgence of Treviso. It's just sort of a glitch in the matrix. Like ultimately <laughs> next year they're gonna be completely shit. Well, that's the thing. That would be my response to any sour Ulster fan. I'd be like, actually, um, Benetton are the best team in the Northern Hemisphere right now. Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah, we've, we've got to play them a, twice. We've been given an absolute bum draw. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I think there's there's interest. I mean, I think you saw it in Edinburgh. Um, I know teams often do this, but they had their highest ever um, first day season ticket sales the other day. I think 1,800 people signed up for the new stadium and things like that. And you think... I, I'm not too concerned about season one. I think the um, the uh, novelty of seeing, you know, like the Sharks and the Bulls and things like that coming up and playing against Edinburgh, Glasgow. Now you think about fixtures like the Bulls versus Leinster. If you get like both of those teams going like full bore, it's mm. like quite, could be quite a sweet spectacle. But I think the the super rugby analogy that you made on is also that sort of like, these weird matches between teams that have never played each other. There's no real sort of like rivalry. 
Um, and if there's any sort of chance that they don't mean anything, it's quite difficult for supporters to grasp onto. But I get the point that, that if South Africa are in, the time zones all match up. They've managed to bundle it together in a good broadcast deal. You know, I can see it as it's not a, it's not a bad product. It's possibly, you know, the Pro 14 needed an awful lot of change. So, yeah, as you say, this is the format that they've landed on. And I guess it's about as good as they could have done. I saw that the Irish deals have been announced in terms of broadcasters. broadcasters but I, think it, yeah. I think it looks like it's going to be Premier Sports. Yes. Um, and so I guess it's, you know, I guess, there's maybe, a lot this, of- maybe this will be the thing that spurs Premier Sports on to creating an app that is even like half usable. <laughs> Get somehow attract like millions of pounds of VC investment based on the sort of renegotiation of a Pro 14 contract. Like um, what other app could you watch like high quality um, European rugby and like Speedway? Like you've got- and, 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 Itali- and Italian football. Italian, yeah, Italian football. To be fair, they've also they also have picked up the top four, the the top fourteen uh, rugby in France as well, and the English Championship, I think. Oh, have they? they well, they definitely um, did. I take the, it all back. They did the playoff. Uh, the South ah, got playoff. You. Maybe it was a one-off. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I think are BBC not doing some of the the coverage as well. BBC Northern Ireland. Oh, is that it? I read it. So I think BBC Northern Ireland will have some of the. We'll have some of the Ulster games, um, so we can watch loads of Hugh Jones next year. But um, <laughs> and then my understanding is, I think all the Irish games in Ireland are going to be on free to air, and then basically the rest of the games are going to be on Premier Sports. So I think it's so pretty good coverage across Ireland. Um, and yeah, unless they unless they announce something new, I think the the, the hints have been that it's going to be Pro Fourteen um, for the next few years in the UK. Which you know, ultimately, you know, I'm the first one to say. Sorry, what do you mean, Pro Fourteen? Premier Sports. Premier Sports. Premier yeah. Sports. Sorry, you know, and I'm the first one to, you know, ultimately the Premier Sports kind of app is complete shit, etc. But ultimately, I guess the one good thing about Premier Sports is they do show all the games. Which haven't, which hasn't happened previously. I don't think we had didn't happen before the Premier Sports contract. So it's um, at least that's okay. So well, they overall the, the the URC as we I suppose we can call it now said that they would run this format for five seasons unchanged. Now I feel like I'll I'll believe it when I see it. What do you think would change? Teams coming in, teams coming out. Like completely change the format so that you just play in a couple of conferences again, or you just do one single league, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it needs to get. I think we've maybe fans and maybe speaking for ourselves got pretty fed up with the constant chopping and changing. So I think whatever yeah. the format is, yeah. I think sticking to it for because they're talking a lot about building the brand and establishing the brand, etc., which kind of is almost a new brand, I suppose. Um, I think they need to stick to something. Yeah, it's interesting that they said the five years. It's almost like, I don't know. I, d- I don't know whether it shows a faith in the product or whether it actually shows a, a sort of lack of faith in the sense that you're like, oh, well, if it hasn't worked in five years, then we'll we'll, um, we'll reevaluate. I did see that someone said that they thought URC sounded like a, like a urinary, urinary infection. <laughs> but, um, 
It's <laughs> interesting. So, oh, you got a URC. That's sore. Um, but uh, I suppose the only acronym, yeah, I guess if they call it like Rugby United Championship or something like that, there was people saying that could have been RUC, R U C. Oh, uh, yeah. But then I also think R U C in Ireland is that is the Royal Ulster Constabulary, and that has <laughs> pretty. <laughs> pretty ropey reputation in Ireland so um, I imagine that's why they might have avoided it they discussed all this at the focus group don't worry about it yeah (laughs) yeah RUC was was the winner and then they took it over to Ireland like (laughs) oh fuck (laughs) are you guys mad yeah release the 140 names you cowards release them release them now (laughs) I want to see I want to see them all well, I mean, it's, it's it's something to look forward to. It adds another little bit of um, little bit of spice. It feels like every year for, we've done this pod, there's been like a new a new format for the pro yeah. the pro leagues that we've had to sort of um, we've had to discuss. But uh, the the, yeah. um, the the other interesting point I thought was that there's going to be no games over the international weekends, which I think has been yeah. definitely sort of pounced upon as a real positive. Um, although, and I think it, the, the idea is very good, although given all the countries involved have centrally contracted players, I think. But yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure South Africa's a mix. Um, sh- like, to me, that um, implies that Leinster can still rest whoever they want at various points in the season. Mm. And what about the... the uh, how do you guys feel about the, um, the South African teams being eligible for the Champions Cup? I think it makes sense. You know, obviously, from an Edinburgh and Glasgow perspective, it would have been nice if they weren't, just because obviously massively improves the chances of getting getting yeah. in. But I think it's hard to to have that sort of system in place and for for, for certain matches to, to mean anything if, if they don't have that sort of broader kind of European qualification at stake. Mm. That, that must have been sort of part of the negotiation that you come in and then you've got this bigger, more lucrative tournament um, to to play for I suppose yeah absolutely I mean I think that that part of it still needs to be signed off by the EPRC or whoever it is Um, but you've got to assume that they wouldn't have announced it with such fanfare if it wasn't just a matter of um, ticking that particular box to get these uh, to get these the South African sides eligible for that Um, any more on the um, United Rugby Championship or uh Shall we call it a morning and go off to our day jobs? Sounds about right. I was going to say, I, I was looking as part of the sort of Edinburgh season um, ticket announcement, I was looking at the new, the new stadium and, and some, of the, some of the names they've got for the, the stands. I don't know if you've seen any of them. Very, no, I haven't. What have very, they got? very original. You've got the Murrayfield stand, which is... Very good. <laughs> what do you say? That's so crap. You've then got on the opposite side. You've got the riverside stand, um, probably because it's next to the river. Yeah, it's nice kind of facing the river. And then you've got the main stand. I can't remember which side that's on. And then the Lothian stand. Oh, sorry. The main. Sorry, th- the main stand is called the main stand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, Do you think they're yeah. opening it up for like sponsorship? Well, I imagine they probably are because at, at the moment the stadium is called the Edinburgh Rugby Stadium. Yeah. So it does give you quite quite an easy sort of transition into having a sort of sponsor's name for it. They've kind of like, it's kind of like Tottenham Hotspur at the moment. They're sort of refusing to give it a name. They just sort of keep calling it the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium until someone will give them like millions and millions of pounds. 
Um, I'm sure people will give millions and millions of pounds for Edinburgh's naming rights. Do you know what? I wouldn't. I reckon you could see someone. Like, what's what's the new? I, I slightly forgot it. What's the new Aberdeen standard branding? What's uh, uh, Aber- Aber- Aberdeen? Aberdeen. Aber- <laughs> the Aberdeen stand. I could see that Aberdeen Stadium. Um, as part of that new, that new brand launch. Yeah, I mean, having the Aberdeen Stadium for Edinburgh would be slightly confusing messaging. I think. <laughs> I think if you take a step back and you think about it, it's a bit odd. I think already the messaging for them is quite confusing. So it's only, but it's it's not Aberdeen anymore. It's Aberdeen. Okay, that's that's the whole point, isn't it? I've got no idea. They just took away the vowels, didn't they? <laughs> it's still pronounced the same. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, uh, there you go. Aberdeen Standard would have been quite a good one. Sort of, but yeah, we'll see. I'm sure there'll be someone who takes it up in, in the near future. Yeah, maybe we Reg, should get a stand. Reg Vardy stand. It, uh, yeah, Reg someone did t- Tony Macaroni stand. Yes. <laughs> that would be great, to be fair. <laughs> We'd love to, yeah. An offshoot of the Tony Macaroni would be so good. Right. right. We better go and do our jobs then in that case. Bit of a shame. But thank you very much for uh, for joining us for the breakfast show this morning. Um, please keep in touch with us uh, in the meantime until we're back next week. That's at Thistle Rugby Pod on Twitter. Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod on Instagram. Send us an email, thistlerugby at gmail.com. And we are going to put out a newsletter um, over the weekend. That's the Thistle Rugby Podcast on Substack. Enjoy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.